0: Welcome to Anti-Diet Revolution, the source for your weekly dose of non-dieting approach to weight loss and improved health. I'm Andrea Heyman, and I've been a registered dietitian for over 25 years specializing in weight management. I've seen countless women struggle in their quest to meet their weight loss and health goals. Over the years, I've learned that traditional diet culture strategies just don't work. I found the keys to help you feed yourself, lose the weight, and meet your wellness goals without restrictive eating, menu plans, or missing out on your favorite foods. Through a non-diet approach, I'll provide mindset strategies, tips, tricks to achieve your healthiest body, and I'll share the stories, strategies, and successes to get your healthiest self. Interview guests will share their transformations from a traditional diet culture approach to food freedom, I'm on a mission to knock out diet culture and help you achieve the freedom, growth, improved health, and enhanced lifestyle that comes with adapting the anti-diet approach. Let's dive in. Hi friends, this is Andrea here with another episode of Anti-Diet Revolution. I really feel like people don't talk enough about some of the harms of diet culture, Last week, I spoke about the same topic, but focused on yo-yo dieting or weight cycling. Today, I thought we'd take a little bit more emphasis and do a part two and dive into another unspoken about harm of diet culture, and that is inadequate nutrition or nutrition deficiencies associated with various diet programs. Now diet programs, they have kind of the following characteristics. This is just kind of an over, overall overarching review. So remember they have, they promise some kind of quick fix. So lose 10 pounds in one month, something like that, which is a dramatic result. They restrict or eliminate a particular food or food group. So there are parameters about what you can and can't eat. They can often, they restrict calories very significantly. And they forbid or overly encourage one particular food or macronutrient, such as protein or limit carbohydrates or fat. Again, they promise rapid weight loss, detoxification or cleansing or fasting. And oftentimes they're just based on personal experience. So they are not necessarily rooted in a lot of evidence and they're very, very rigid So all of these factors kind of sum up what these popular diets are. And this is what diet culture is promoting. But the problem is that we experience when we are following these rules of eating, we experience nutrition deficiencies and they can happen pretty quickly. They can happen within a couple of days of following one of these diets. Symptoms of a nutrition deficiency can include Fatigue, dizziness, muscle weakness, mood swings, difficulty focusing. And my guess is that if you have cycled through diets before or tried any, you've experienced one of these symptoms. And it's ridiculous. Like it just kind of boggles my mind. Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? But so many people are obviously because the weight loss industry is mega, mega, mega dollars, like billions of dollar industry every every year. But as a result, not only are we causing nutrient deficiencies, but we're making ourselves oftentimes feel pretty lousy. These diets are focusing on an outcome, our body shape or weight loss, a number on a scale, not overall nutrition or long-term health. So let's take a look at some of these a little bit closer. Let's look at their premises and kind of what they're promising the nutrient harms that they lead to. So first of all, let's talk about a gluten-free diet. This is pretty common out there. Gluten has gotten a bad route. So the idea is to avoid foods with gluten. Those are foods that have the specific protein. The gluten is actually a protein found in wheat, rye, barley, and and some other foods, but those are the most common. So when we think of gluten, we think of baked goods, cereals, pastas, that's what we think about. But it can be in other things like soups, lunch meats, and then some things like some other foods as well. So a gluten-free diet, granted, is very helpful for people who have a diagnosis of celiac disease. But I guarantee you, most of us, who maybe think we can't eat gluten or have been convinced we just shouldn't eat gluten, we don't have celiac disease. The problem is, is that in various processed foods, when gluten is replaced, it's replaced with things, fillers like cornstarch or potato starch or tapioca starch. That's what is used for the flavor and texture. But these starches lack fiber and they've been linked with Increased blood sugar. And they're missing nutrients like thiamine, folate, and some iron that many gluten-containing products are enriched within the United States. So over a long period of time, avoiding gluten can lead to some deficiencies in these micronutrients. Okay, next, kind of similar, we kind of think of these to overlap, but the low carbohydrate diet. That's just limiting your carbohydrates particularly those from grains. So oftentimes that's why it becomes like very similar to the gluten-free diet. But also if you're following a low carbohydrate, you're going to limit not only the grains, but foods, fruits, starchy vegetables like potatoes, corn, squash, and then also dairy products as well. So one of the most popular versions is called the Atkins diet, and it involves ridding your diet of almost all carbohydrates, but drastically cutting back on carbs can cause a lot of harms in the body and a lot of nutritional deficiencies. So one of those is that remember our body's primary source of energy is carbohydrates. That's what it wants to use first. If it doesn't have carbohydrates to do all the things it needs to do, so physical activity, breathing, me speaking right now, I'm moving my hand as I'm talking. So even that motion requires energy to do that function. The body wants to use carbohydrates as a primary source of energy to do all of our functions. If it doesn't have carbohydrates available, then it will use, it will go to protein and break down a lot of the muscle in our body as well. And so I don't I don't know about you but I am 51 now and I want to preserve as much muscle as I possibly can. Also, experts believe that when you're eating higher protein, low carb diet, it can do some damage to your kidneys. They're not really sure what the long-term effects are on your kidneys, but it's it's not so great. Also, it's a really hard diet to maintain long-term, so people often experience a yo-yo diet effect. So they will, or weight cycling because they'll go on a low carbohydrate diet. However, long term it's so difficult to maintain. People go off and then they gain the weight back and they're like, oh, I need to go back on that again. And then in order to lose the weight that they gained, oftentimes when they go off, they will people will not only gain the weight that they had lost, but gain extra back as well. All right. The ketogenic diet very similar to the low carbohydrate diet but you know in that severe in that phase of severely curbing your carbohydrates you avoid you lose macronutrients because you're not having those carbohydrates but also the micronutrients very specific nutrients that are found in carbohydrate containing foods so even things like if you're not going to eat a lot of carbohydrates Maybe you're not going to have a lot of fruit, and so maybe you're limited in vitamin C or other B vitamins that are so good for many of our body's very specific functions. How about the paleo diet? The concept is that you eat unprocessed animal and plant foods that kind of mimic when we were hunters and gatherers, but it also limits things like legumes and obviously grains, but beans and legumes, which can make it really difficult to get certain nutrients, especially for those who are vegetarians. Also, if you're an athlete, they'll struggle to have enough energy to train, and then you'll have to work a lot harder to get the calcium, vitamin D, and B-complex vitamins into your diet that you need. And for me, like, I think any dietician would agree. I think beans and lentils are so chock full of healthy, healthy nutrients. So, anytime I hear someone limiting this for reasons of the paleo diet, I just that just seems like a red flag because it's probably categorically one of the best foods out there. So it's really hard to go even one day without hearing about the latest diet trend or diet fad that's out there and or a friend who had really great quote unquote success on a certain diet plan. Remember, success here is measured by only one thing, weight loss. It's a singular outcome, does not take into account overall health, and vitality of an individual, and is one of the biggest harms that we don't talk enough about diet culture. Until next time, take care. If you like this episode, please rate and leave a review. This is how we get the word out to others so they can be part of the anti-diet revolution. I read every review I receive and use that to push out more episodes that are helping you. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you next week.